0: Shoda was patting her son on her lap. But suddenly she felt the child to be heavier than a mountain peak and she could no longer bear his weight. Purpose. Sometimes a mother lift her child. And when the child falls in her hands, the child laughs, and the mother also enjoys pleasure. Yashoda used to do this, but this time Krishna became very heavy, and she could not bear his weight. Under the circumstances, it is to be understood that Krishna was aware of the coming of Churnavarta Sura, who would take him far away from his mother. Krishna knew that when Trinabharta came and took him away from his mother's lap, Mother Yashoda would be greatly bereaved. He did not want his mother to suffer any difficulty from the demon. Therefore, because he is the source of everything, janmadhyatse he assumed the heaviness of the entire universe. The child was on the lap of Yaśodā, who is therefore in possession of everything in the world. But when the child assumed such heaviness, she had to put him down in order to give Trinavadha Sura an opportunity to take him away and play with him for some time before the child returned to the lap of his mother. The Bhagavatam, The Smiling Face of the Lord, which is Very difficult even for great liberated souls to understand. Even Krishna himself cannot fully understand. That's an apparent contradiction because Krishna knows everything. Krishna is so wonderful that his own glories are expanding and even Krishna can't fully come to the end of them. Even though he understands everything, he can't fully understand himself. So this is especially relished, the pastimes of Krishna are especially relished by liberated souls, those who are no longer in the duality of considering the body to be the self, those whose heart, mind and senses are fully absorbed in love of Krishna. Bhagavatam is especially meant for saram and those who are free of any envy of Krishna, so that when they hear of Krishna, they simply experience the delight, which is the constitutional position of a jiva, to experience delight in association with Krishna. But Bhagavatam is also meant for those who aspire to such a position, for such persons, it is recommended to hear the Bhagavatam, to read it very carefully, to acquire, to apply the intelligence to understand. That means, apply the intelligence to understand under the direction of the nirmatsaranam satam, the non-envious Acharyas, and in this way, They can also come to the position of the liberated souls by hearing from liberated souls about Krishna. So here we are hearing from Srila Prabhupada, we have read his purport, about Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is climbed on his mother's lap. Now even to understand this that many, many books could be written and have been written to explain how the Supreme Personality of Godhead climbs on the lap of his mother. How the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the source of everything, supreme worshipable, all-powerful, all-opulent, accepts a subordinate position to that of his devotees and appears like an ordinary little boy, in some ways, he appears like a little boy. Yashoda was thinking, my little boy, he has climbed, Aroha, that, that we know from the Arohana Panta, Avarohana, the, the Aroha means the ascending process, and Avarohana means the descending process. So this Prabhupada is translated, on his mother's lap, it literally means Krishna climbed onto his mother's lap. His mother must have been sitting, so just as you can see even now, a child will come and his arms just come up to his, he can just put his arms on his mother's knee and climb up. So that gives great pleasure both to the mother and to the son, that, that exchange of affection, the feeling of, the son is feeling, now I'm completely dependent, feeling of dependence and feeling very safe in the mother's lap and ex- experiencing the affection of the mother. At that time also, when the child climbs on the mother's lap, he may suck his mother's breast. So in this exchange, the child feels great pleasure thinking that I am dependent upon my mother. And the mother feels great pleasure seeing her child who's able to crawl around a little bit, which he wasn't able to do just a few days ago, and run around here and there. He's gaining a little independence, little independence, more than the newly born child. But still he likes to run back to his mother's lap. So these are activities we see in this material world also. That's a perverted reflection of the love of Yashoda for Krishna and Krishna for Yashoda, although Prabhupada said that the mother's love that is the closest to the original love, in this material world, that is the closest manifestation of the original love in the spiritual world. That's the closest to the manifestation of selfless love. Prabhupada often analyzed. It's a scathing analysis an unpleasant analysis for persons who are trying to be happy in this material world. He analyzed how love in this material world is simply a mutual exchange of exploitation for sense gratification. People don't like to hear this, but actually that's a fact. However, the exchange between the mother and the son, that's especially mother's love that is supposed to be the closest manifestation of, of of the closest to the real love in the spiritual world where there is no expectation of exchange. Simply the devotees love Krishna being charmed by his wonderful transcendental qualities, by his form, his beautiful form. Especially Krishna, there are Four particular qualities which make him even more attractive than Narayana. Which are what? You can say one, don't say the one. Vinu Madhuri. That's his very attractive flute player. Then another is he's surrounded by Wonderful associates in conjugal love, particularly the gopis. What's that called in Sanskrit? I never got the name. We have Vena Madhuri, Rupa Madhuri, Lila Madhuri. What's the What's that one? Surrounded by the gopis. Wonderful associates. Even Narayan doesn't have. He has his Lakshmis, but then they're, they're not like the gopis. They're not as wonderful because this is all on the transcendental platform. As long as we're not on the transcendental platform, then if we say, oh, I don't like Narayan Lakshmi, I don't like it was very offensive. Even if we are on the transcendental platform, one has to be actually established on a very, very high platform because he can even begin to think like that, otherwise it becomes offensive. Raghunath Das Goswami was saying, I don't care even for Krishna or Vrindavan without Radharani. He can say,
1: if we say, then
0: we become offensive. So wonderful associates. Then I I said the name of the other two, but I didn't say it in English, so who's going to say that? Someone has to say it loud? Lee? Ah, you said both of them. It's cheating. All right. It's a very charming form, which is even charming to Narayana, is even charming to Krishna. Exceptionally beautiful form. Narayana, his form is the form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is the form of Narayana is the reservoir of all beauty because he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It's unlimitedly beautiful, but still Krishna's form is more beautiful. Narayana is unlimitedly beautiful, but Krishna is more beautiful. That doesn't make sense according to material calculation, but there's not material calculation then Lila Madhuri, Rupma Madhuri, Lila Madhuri, Krishna's wonderful pastimes, which are even more wonderful than those of his own self in the various forms of Rama, Nrsimha, Varaha, Kurma, Vamana, even these, the pastimes of the Supreme Lord, they're all wonderful. And even the residents of Vrindavan, they used to hear about them. They know about them because we hear them. Sometimes the gopis discuss about Krishna, that we know who you are. We know what kind of a bad character you are. You see, we've heard from our grandmother, uh, how, in the form of Ram, he, this, uh, Shurpanaka approached you, and as a Kshatriya, you should have fulfilled her desire, but instead you defigured to her. To what kind of a person you are? Woman hater. See? And then in the form of Vaman, Dali Maharaj was very submissive to you, treated you very nicely and gave you everything. But instead you simply mistreated him, you took everything away, you humiliated him, you pushed him down to the lower planets, just like a crow. So the gopis, they also knew about the pastimes of the Supreme Lord in different forms, but they were particularly attracted to Krishna, even though they were sometimes sane like this. So, Krishna, he is especially attractive, unlimitedly attractive to even to Narayana, even to Lakshmi. She wanted to engage in Krishna's pastimes, but wasn't able to because of certain outlook. So, Yashoda is being described here as the prototype mother who is enjoying Krishna's pastimes, thinking this is my little boy, but Krishna is not just any ordinary little boy as he will show now, because he will become very heavy, too heavy to carry. Even the mother at some point it may become difficult for her to carry her child, even if she desires to do so. it it's become very big. But Krishna here, he he's just a young boy, one year old, but all of a sudden he becomes very, very heavy. Because Krishna, simultaneously, he is enjoying his pastimes as a young boy, thinking, this is my mother. But simultaneously, he's also aware of his supreme opulence. Both things are going on side by side. Therefore, from time to time, he exhibits his opulence, not just like an ordinary little boy, but he does something extraordinary, which only he as the Supreme Personality of Godhead can do, which facilitates his pastimes more. Now Mother Yaśodā is going to put down Krishna. Normally, she would not put down Krishna. She always wants Krishna to be on her lap. But now she's feeling that. The next word is given. The next verse is given. Bhara She feels oppressed, by the way, too much. Oppressed by the weight of Krishna. Our Mother Yashoda, she can take any. She doesn't mind any oppression for the sake of Krishna. She can take any suffering. She doesn't mind. She's quite happy. Generally, that is the situation of a mother. They're very happy to take all kinds of difficulties on behalf of their children and even enjoy it. Prabhupada gave the example, actually that's there in the Shastra, of the, how the, the mother actually enjoys when the child passes stool. Is. Even they're passing, just on the, they're holding the child in their sari and then the sari becomes covered in stool, the child's stool. But they're enjoying because it's my child and they can take any amount of discomfort for the sake of the child. But here, Mother Yashoda was feeling is just incapable of holding her child, which is, as is stated in the next verse, Bismita. She became astonished that how has my child become so heavy? So Krishna had a particular purpose. Krishna, He has come for satisfying his devotees and also for So he, that's also for destroying the demons. So to destroy the demon sometimes he has to take a little time out from the activities of being on the lap of his mother, being patted by her. When a demon comes he has to deal with the demon because only Krishna can deal with such demons. There are such demons present at that time that only Krishna can deal with them. Sometimes by the arrangement of the material energy the demons they become more powerful than the devotees. Generally the devotees they are very powerful because they are imbued with the shakti with the power of Krishna. So they become very very powerful. But within this world there is also the Another expression of Krishna's Shakti, which is the external energy of Krishna, which sometimes appears to overcome the uh, Daivi Shakti, or the the uh, divine energy of Krishna. Sometimes it appears that evil is more strong than good. That will especially be sown here with this Charnavata Sura, who covered Krishna. With the storm, with all the dust, it appeared that Krishna had been taken away, Krishna could no longer be seen, even by his devotees. It appeared that the demoniac power had overcome Krishna himself. So sometimes it appears like that, and in such a situation, only Krishna can relieve his devotees. Haridra anaya sadhanam, Krishna saves the devotees, devotees they're not afraid. Of anything in this material world, even if they are <coughs> cut, harassed, beaten, or even killed, the devotees, they're not afraid because they think that anyway I'm not this body and whatever difficulty I'm taking, whatever difficulty may be there, that's simply a result of my sinful activities. A devotee thinks like that. So he's not a, a, a pure devotee of Krishna, he's not afraid of anything. This is a very good test of those are pure devotees, because often, especially here in Vrindavan, we see that many people are advertised as great devotees, or they like to be advertised as great devotees, but there are certain deaths that one is deyasmiti nahi ja, they have no consciousness of their body, they are not afraid on behalf of their body, they are not, they're not attached to their body, even in great danger, even in great difficulty. They're practically not conscious of their body because they're so much conscious of Krishna, then they don't even think of their body. Even if someone threatens them, they're not in this, this, even if they're harassed or tortured, they're not in the slightest bit disturbed. That's a real test. Who can be unafraid? So the devotees, they're not afraid of anything, those who are great devotees. So, how is it that Krishna is coming to save them? The devotees, they're only afraid of not being able to see Krishna. They're only afraid of forgetting Krishna. They're only afraid of not being in the association of Krishna. So, Krishna comes to save the devotees. Here we'll see the pastime, how Trinavata Sura is covering the whole of Vrindavan with a thick dust, so that... Krishna cannot be seen. This for the devotees is the great disaster, not that there's dust everywhere, it's a great disturbance. The dust goes in the pots of ghee and the milk that they're heating up and then you have to clean up everything afterwards. If there's a dust storm, it's a big job to clean up everything afterwards, it can go in your eyes. In so many ways A dust storm is very dangerous. But this was a, this was of course more than a dust storm, it was a great whirlwind, which is very dangerous, that can carry people away, kill them, hurricanes, tornadoes. So here the anxiety was that Krishna, we can't see Krishna, we don't know what happened in this great hurricane. So that was a source of great anxiety for the devotees, but Krishna was doing that to show mercy to the Great demon, Krishna is the Suhridam, sarva Bhutanam. He is the friend of all living beings, even the great demons. Even the great demons who hate Krishna, Krishna doesn't hate them. He's their heart-to-heart friend, but out, out of mercy upon them, sometimes he kills the demons. That is his mercy. That is very difficult to understand for those who don't have full faith in Krishna. How his killing the demon and his dancing on the lap of Mother Yasoda—it is equal. It is an equal manifestation of his mercy. But because different living beings are differently situated, they receive Krishna's mercy in a different way. Because Janāvatā Asura was not on the platform of loving Krishna, he was in a very, very diseased consciousness of hating Krishna and wanting to kill Krishna, even though it's not possible. Krishna very kindly reciprocated with him by killing him and at the same time giving him the opportunity to be freed from all material desires so that he could come to his proper position of love in Krishna. So Krishna does all these, he performs all these pastimes in a very wonderful way, which it's not just a matter of having a trial al Sura, you are a demon, tomorrow you will be shot. No such thing. But he's given an opportunity to show his fully demoniac prowess against Krishna. Because even the, dem- even the demigods, they're afraid of such demons. They're already run away from such demons. So who is going to face them? He's also giving the demons an opportunity to show their full prowess so avatar wanted to show his prowess by taking Krishna away and dashing him against a rock to kill him, but instead Krishna enjoyed, but instead, Krishna enjoyed a nice ride and he dashed Trinavata against the rock. So Krishna was also enjoying this. The demon may come to disturb Krishna, but nothing can disturb Krishna. Everything is a source of pleasure to Krishna. Just like we see that sometimes the parents, they will have a mock fight with their children, but it's not so pleasing as a real fight. There's a real sensation of fighting. It's not there, because you know, it's my father, he's not going to hurt me. But a real fight, that's more expensive. A prisoner has a real fight with the demons. Of course, the demons, however powerful they are, they're simply insignificant in relationship to Krishna. But Krishna is taking the position of a young child, so he has that feeling that I'm a young child also. Otherwise, millions and billions of all these, even if they form the big army, Srināvata, Kamsan, Kutana, Agha-sura, sakata Sakata, Sura, Hiranyakasupu, Ravana, if they all came together at one time, Krishna can just go and immediately they'll all be finished. They're, they're completely, whatever power they have, is only coming from Krishna anyway. So it's ridiculous that they can even challenge him. But they have to be, they have to be a demon to challenge Krishna in such a way. Because the devotees, anyway they don't want to fight Krishna, and they want to serve Krishna. Even if they're fighting him, Sometimes the devotees, the coward boys, they're fighting with Krishna. But that's also in play. They don't want to hurt Krishna. Even though it's a show of strength, but they don't want to harm Krishna. Even though in their fight they may have such such a challenging feeling, but they don't want to hurt Krishna. So the demon, they have the feeling that this this is a real fight and I'm really going to kill Krishna. So Krishna can actually only really enjoy fighting with someone who who really wants to kill him? It's only, it's only a real challenge for him. There's no challenge in fighting with your friend. So he's fighting with his enemy. Although no one can be his enemy, but due to due to illusion, the they, demons like Channava, so they're thinking that this Krishna is my enemy. I want to kill him. So Krishna enjoys, although it's only a play for him, but there's some feeling that there's, there's some struggle. Is there. Krishna also limits his own, apparently puts some limit on his potency so that he can fight with such demons at their level, just like he read among the kshatriyas. If one of them is their if their bow and arrows become broken, then the other one who's fighting, them, he'll also throw down his bow and pick up his sword so that they can fight at the same level. So Krishna apparently limits his potency so that he can fight with such demons, so but he's also enjoying them. Sometimes we see in the Western countries they have this at fairgrounds, they have this something like a a big wheel, what do you what do you call that in American? perish wheel. And that goes around and around very fast. Feels very dangerous. It's going very fast and it's going very high and people they take some pleasure and, the danger, Or they have some kind of car that will go very fast. Or even you see people, they like to drive cars very fast. Why? Well, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. But they, they take some pleasure in that. So Krishna is also being carried away up in the sky. Very high. Very fast. Very dangerous. Far away from his mother. And see, he's come onto his mother's lap. For some, there's some feeling, my mother is protecting me. But now his mother is not but far away from his mother's protection. But Krishna is also enjoying a nice ride. Thank you very much, you demon. Now for your demoniac activities, we're going to kill you. But thank you for your service. As a result, we're going to give you liberation. So the demon, you get that opportunity to serve Krishna in a way which even his devotees cannot. That is great mercy of Krishna even upon the demons and also it's another mercy on his devotees who their appreciation for Krishna increases more and more in the gopis they couldn't like to see even the blinking of the eyelids they're criticizing Brahma that he doesn't know how to create he's, he's not very experienced he's not doing a very good job he made these eyelids that blink. We are not noticing blinking. The scientists they do things like this. They do useless things like analyzing the average number of times people blink in one hour, and they get a Ph.D. for analyzing. Although it's not of any particular use to anyone to know how many times you blink in an hour. But anyway, they don't know Krishna, so they have to waste their life some way or another. So some people are analyzing how many times you blink in an hour. But we don't notice. We blink. We don't notice. But the gopis are noticing because they are feeling every moment, every moment that they are seeing Krishna. They are seeing it's a, a, a wonderful festival. But every moment they don't. Every moment means even the blinking of an eyelid. They are considering to be something very horrible that we didn't see Krishna. And for one blink, for one blinking. So, what to see when Krishna is carried away, covered by a dust storm? They can't see him. And on top of that, they don't know if they'll see him again. So, it's very painful. So, why is Krishna doing that? Why is he giving pain to his devotees? Because that also increases their love for him. Krishna acts in such a way that everyone's love for him is increasing. Even the demons, they are hating Krishna, but he acts with them in such a way that they do some service to him, and by being in such close proximity to Krishna, the demons, they also become purified. That is the very nature of Krishna, that he is purified by his very, by his very nature, this love. What is the nature of a demon? He's covered by lust, greed, anger, so many bad things. So this can be purified by coming in association with Krishna, because all this anger, greed, love, calm, cold, low, more, all these things, they are simply caused by forgetfulness of Krishna. When one is forgetful of the deep nature of Krishna, then he becomes overwhelmed by a lusty desire to enjoy the material world. The cure for this is to come in contact with Krishna. Therefore we come in contact with Krishna in a regulated way by the process of sadhana, which brings us in contact with Krishna. By hearing and chanting about Krishna, by seeing the form of Krishna, by taking this saranamata, the water that is offered to the lotus feet of Krishna, we come in contact with Krishna. Even though our consciousness is covered by the dust storm of material desires, somehow or other we're coming in contact with Krishna. And that is purifying, so that if one goes on with this process of Hearing and chanting about Krishna, that eventually that the Siddha Krishna frame, that eternal love for Krishna, which is our original position, that will become manifest. So the demons they don't like to hear and chant about Krishna. That Krishna, his very nature, is that he is purifying. So if somehow or other they come in contact with Krishna, they will become purified. Even if they come in contact with Krishna, in an unfavorable way, they become purified. The process of sadhana bhakti is to cultivate. Topmost devotion means to engage oneself in the service of Krishna in a favorable manner. In other words, not coming to Krishna, how I can increase my bank balance, how I can enjoy this material world, or as the demon too, how I can kill Krishna, but simply coming with the motive. That Krishna please purify me so that I can serve you properly. So if one comes through, Krishna to Krishna consciousness with a motive to serve Krishna, that is a very favorable attitude which will help our hearing and chanting recovered by the dust storm of material desires. But, but because there is that motive to become purified, then gradually the dust storm will clear away and we can see Krishna. But for those who are demoniac. They're not at all seeing Krishna, they're simply covered by the dust storm, and they don't want to see Krishna. But if they become so much demoniac that they can become uh, such a power, such a nasty demon, that they become uh, imbued by Krishna's maya Shakti to have the opportunity to personally fight with Krishna, then they can also become purified by that. It's not a recommended process. That you try and become a demon, because there's a lot of competition. There are many, many demons in this material world, and they don't all get the opportunity to personally fight with Krishna and become purified. It's not recommended that, okay, you, you cultivate hatred of Krishna. Of course, even that, it specifically said that you hate Krishna. Even then, by saying the name of Krishna, some purification will be there, just like in Germany at one time, there was so much propaganda in the newspapers, day after day. Hari Krishna movement is very bad. The Hari Krishna people are all thieves, murderers, rogues, liars, jackals. But so day after day there was such propaganda about it. It's been very good. Every day they're seeing Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. So they'll become purified. That is the nature of Krishna. But it's not the generally recommended process. The recommended process is to follow in the footsteps of Mother Yasoda, not to follow in the footsteps of Jinava Tasura. We are already following in the footsteps of Srinava And it's not just, we are covered over by material desires by which we cannot see Krishna. However, we are not lamenting like Mother Yasoda that I cannot see Krishna, where is Krishna? Rather we are lamenting that I could not get enough sense gratification. So that is our wrong position. We are hearing Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam from the viewpoint of the devotees. It should, Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam should be heard from devotees who will teach us to follow in the footsteps of the devotees beginning with Mother Yashoda. If we hear from non-devotees, they may teach us to follow in the footsteps of the demons. Just like in South India you'll find there are some people who say that in the story of the Ramayana Actually, Ravana was the good guy. Ram was, uh, they don't, they say Ram is very bad, you see. Ravana, he only made what he wasn't so bad, just stealing Ram's words, not such a big thing, but you see that Ravana, he did some, he harassed all the people of Lanka and killed them all and killed Ravana. He should have been more tolerant and liberal and open-minded and should have considered Ravana's point of view and being a nice guy, and anyway, there are so many women in the world, why would we so attached to Sita, and so many arguments they'll give. They're rascals, because they're siding with Ravana. So we have to hear Srimad Bhagavatam from the devotees, who will teach us that actually we have to love Krishna, because that is our constitutional position. We have to, we have to awaken our love for Krishna. Otherwise, we see also Mahabharata that... Some people, they're very much admiring Karna, what a great guy he was, you see, he was very noble, he had so many good qualities, but he was envious of Krishna, so Krishna ordered you should be killed by Arjuna, you're so lucky, you're protesting, you don't know how lucky you are to be killed by my devotee in my presence. So those who are not devotees, they won't understand, they'll say, Krishna is a liar, Krishna is a teacher. here, yes. guarantee, all right, the true. But he's still Krishna. He's still the supreme worship of a person. His lying, that is the greatest benefit to the whole world, when Krishna lies, when Krishna steals, when Krishna keeps, when he dances with others' wives. This cannot be understood by those who are of demoniac disposition. They will, they will uh, decry Krishna. They will consider him to be a bad person. That is their misfortune. So therefore we're hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, Having heard nine cantos of the glories of... First of all, we have to hear Bhagavad-gita, that Krishna is supreme. He is Not only is he supreme in all power, all glory, all might, all majesty, all power, everything is there, but he's also still the dumb star of a bhutanam. This first point has to be understood. Krishna is the friend of all living beings. He's nobody's enemy. None is... up is he doesn't inordinately favor anybody, and he certainly doesn't hate anybody. He's kind to everybody. So when we hear these pastimes of Krishna, we'll understand that Krishna's killing of the demon is his kindness. He's putting your shoulder into the misery of not seeing him, but also his kindness. This cannot be understood by any psychological analysis, because Krishna's beyond our psychological analysis. Krishna's, he's beyond the beyond any limitation, even of time or space or imagination. You cannot understand Krishna by making a psychological analysis, but maybe you see, uh, he was separated from his real parents and brought up by foster parents, therefore from his childhood he must have had some kind of complex If you want you can make some analysis, but it's not possible to understand Krishna by making any kind of materialistic analysis. Or even by making a spiritual analysis, we cannot understand Krishna. Because he's ununderstandable. But he can be understood this much. That just like Shaitanya Mahabu said, Vallabha He wanted to make an analysis. What is the meaning of the name of Krishna? Shaitanya Mahabharata said, I don't accept your analysis. I, only these two names I accept: Krishna is Sama Soda Nanda. He is this supreme, beautiful person. Blackish and beautiful. And He is the darling child of naguva this much we will And then why are there so many books describing Krishna? In all His power and might and majesty. Why does Krishna explain in Bhagavad Gita? Because we should try to understand. Try to understand Him. What is the understanding of Krishna that we should understand that we cannot understand Krishna? This much we shall understand. He is my Lord. He's my master, he's my supreme friend, everything he does is good. He is unlimited. He's not fully to understand Krishna, even to understand one of Krishna's qualities, even slightly, is not possible. Because even Krishna himself cannot fully understand. So understanding that is a process of the mind and intelligence. But real understanding of Krishna comes. Mother is so she can fully understand Krishna, When she thinks she is my little boy. She is understood, because she understood that we have to love Krishna, not by any intellectual process. Then again, not that the intellectual process is declined. We are carriers have written so many books, which are describing about Krishna, how we are to understand his passion, his activities, his treatment. So that is the proper use of the intelligence to try to understand Krishna. And the intelligence will be fully perfect when we understand. I cannot understand Krishna. But anyway, let me try to understand. Let me better discuss about Krishna anyway. Even though we can't understand, still we shall appreciate with whatever mercy Krishna bestows upon us that we shall appreciate Krishna by the process of hearing and chanting about Him from the devotees. So here Krishna enacting Yet another of his wonderful pastimes, one after another, wonderful pastimes. how he is becoming so heavy that Mother Yasoda cannot carry him. And therefore she puts him down and immediately the death of him comes. And Krishna is carried away. And then again he is saved, by the grace of Lord Narayana, as the inhabitants of Vrindavan will say. But he must have been very pious. He's been worshipping Lord Narayana. So he's very kind to us. And even though Krishna is subjected to so many difficulties, which we not not having because of our past misdeeds, but still, Lord Narayana is so kind that he's saving our child Krishna from all these different difficulties. Hare Krishna. <coughs> but, when he... but instead, Krishna enjoyed a nice ride and he dashed the ravattha against the so, Krishna is also enjoying them. The demon may come to disturb Krishna, but nothing can disturb Krishna. Everything is a source of pleasure to Krishna. Just like we see, they, they, sometimes the parents, they will have a mock fight with their children, but it's not so pleasing as a real fight. But the real sensation of fighting is not there, because you know It's my father, he's not going to hurt me. But a real fight, that's more exciting. So Krishna has a real fight with the demons. Of course, the demons, however powerful they are, they're simply insignificant in relationship to Krishna. But Krishna is taking the position of a young child. So he has that feeling that I'm a young child also. Otherwise, millions and billions of all these Even if they formed a big army, Sinavata, Kamsa, Kutana, Agha-sura, Sakata-sura, Hiranyaka-sipu, Ravana, if they all came together at one time, Krishna can just go, and immediately they'll all be finished. They're completely, whatever power they have is only coming from Krishna anyway. So it's ridiculous that they can even challenge it. But they have to be, they have to be a demon to challenge Krishna in such a way. As the devotees, anyway, they don't want to fight Krishna. They want to serve Krishna. Even if they are fighting, him, sometimes the devotees, are coward boys, they are fighting with Krishna. But that's also in play. They don't want to hurt Krishna. Even though it's a show of strength, but they don't want to harm Krishna. Even though in their fight they may have such such a challenging scene, but they don't want to hurt Krishna. So. The demon they have the feeling that this this is a real fight and I'm really going to kill Krishna. So Krishna can actually only really enjoy fighting with someone who hates him. Who really wants to kill him. It's only it's only a real challenge for him. There's no challenge in fighting with your friend. So he's fighting with his enemy, although no one can be his enemy, but these two Due to illusion, the, the demons like Trinava are so thinking that this Krishna is my enemy, I want to kill him. So Krishna enjoys, although it's only a play for him, but there's some feeling that there's uh, some struggle is there. Krishna also limits his own, apparently puts some limit on his potency so that he can fight with such demons at their level. That's what he read among the kshatriyas. If one of them, if their, if their bow and arrows become broken, then the other one who's fighting them, he'll also throw down his bow and pick up a sword so that they can fight at the same level. So Krishna apparently limits his potency so that he can fight with such humans, but he's also enjoying them. Sometimes you see in the Western countries they have this, at bare ground, they have this, something like a a big wheel, what do you, what do you call that in American? Ferris wheel. And that goes around and around very fast. Feels very dangerous. It's going very fast and it's going very high and people, they take some pleasure in the danger. Or they have some kind of car that will go very fast. Or even you see people that like to drive cars very fast. One, well, it's dangerous. Well, it's very dangerous, but they, they take some pleasure in that. So Krishna is also being carried away, up in the sky, very high, very fast, very dangerous, far away from his mother. You see, he's come onto his mother's lap for some, it's some feeling, my mother is protecting me. But now his mother is not, but far away from his mother's protection. But Krishna is also enjoying a nice ride. Thank you very much, you demon. Now for your demoniac activities, we're going to kill you. But thank you for your service. As a result, they're going to give you liberation. So the demon get that opportunity to serve Krishna in a way which even his devotees cannot. That is the mercy of Krishna, even upon the demons. And also, it's another mercy on his devotees, who their appreciation for Krishna increases more and more. If the gopis, they couldn't, like to see even the blinking of the eyelids. They're criticizing Brahma that he doesn't know how to create. He's, he's not very experienced. He's not doing a very good job. He made these eyelids that blink. We are not noticing blinking. The scientists, they do things like this. They useless things like analyzing the average number of times people blink in one hour, and they get a PhD for analyzing, although it's not of any particular use to anyone to know how many times you blink in an hour. But anyway, they don't know Krishna, so they have to waste their life some way or another. So some people are analyzing how many times you blink in an hour. But we don't notice. We blink, we don't notice. But the gopis are noticing because they're feeling every moment. Every moment that they're seeing Krishna, they're seeing it's a, a, a wonderful festival, but every moment they don't, every moment, means even the blinking of an eyelid, they're considering to be something very horrible, that we didn't see Krishna. And for one blink, for one blinking face. So what to see when Krishna is carried away, covered by a dust storm, they can't see him. And on top of that, they don't know if they'll see him again. So it's very painful. So why is Krishna doing that? Why is he giving pain to his devotees? Because that also increases their love for him. Krishna acts in such a way that everyone's love for him is increasing. Even the demons, they are hating Krishna. But he acts them in such a way that they do some service to him. And by being in such close proximity to Krishna, the demons, they also become purified. That is the very nature of Krishna. That he is purified by his very, by his very nature. This lust, what is the nature of a demon? He's covered by lust, greed, anger, so many bad things. But this can be purified by coming in association with Krishna. Because all this anger, greed, lust, calm, cold, low, more, all these things, they are simply caused by Forgetfulness of Krishna. When one is forgetful of the deep nature of Krishna, then he becomes overwhelmed by a lusty desire to enjoy this material world. The cure for this is to come in contact with Krishna. Therefore we come in contact with Krishna in a regulated way by the process of sadhana, which brings us in contact with Krishna. By hearing and chanting about Krishna, by seeing the form of Krishna, by taking the saranamata, the water that is offered below the street of Krishna. We come in contact with Krishna. Even though our consciousness is covered by the dust storm of material desires, somehow or other we're coming in contact with Krishna, and that is purifying. So that if one goes on with this process of hearing and chanting about Krishna, that eventually that Nitya Siddha Krishna brain, that eternal love for Krishna, which is our original position, that will become manifest. So the demons, they don't like to hear and chant about Krishna. That Krishna, his very nature is that he is purifying. So if somehow or other they come in contact with Krishna, they will become purified. Right. Even if they come in contact with Krishna in an unfavorable way, they become purified. The process of Sajana Bhakti is to cultivate Arnukuri Krishna is Bhakti Topmost devotion means to engage oneself in the service of Krishna in a favorable manner. In other words, not coming to Krishna, how I can increase my bank balance, how I can enjoy this material world, or as the demons do, how I can kill Krishna, but simply coming with the motive that Krishna, please purify me so that I can serve you properly. So if one comes to Krishna consciousness with the motive to serve Krishna, that is a very favorable attitude which will help. Our hearing and chanting, we covered by the dust storm of material desires. But, but because there is that motive to become purified, then gradually the dust storm will clear away and we can see Krishna. But for those who are demoniac, they're not at all seeing Krishna. They're simply covered by the dust storm and they don't want to see Krishna. But if they become so much demoniac that they can become... uh such a power, such a nasty demon that they become uh, imbued by Krishna's Maya Shakti to have the opportunity to personally fight with Krishna, then they can also become purified by that. It's not a recommended process that you try and become a demon because there's a lot of competition. There are many, many demons in this material world and they don't all get the opportunity to personally fight with Krishna and become pure so it's not recommended That okay you you cultivate hatred of Krishna of course even that it's specifically said that you hate Krishna even then by saying the name of Krishna some purification will be there just like in Germany at one time there was so much propaganda in the newspapers day after day Hare Krishna movement is very bad the Hare Krishna people are all thieves murderers rogues, liars so day after day there are such propaganda, Prabhada been very good. Every day they're seeing Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. So they'll become purified. That is the nature of Krishna. That is not the generally recommended process. The recommended process is to follow in the footsteps of Mother Yashoda, not to follow in the footsteps of Srinavata Sura. We're already following in the footsteps of Srinavata And it's not that we are covered over by material desires by which we cannot see Krishna. However, we are not lamenting like Mother Yasoda, that I cannot see Krishna, where is Krishna? Rather, we are lamenting that I could not get enough sense gratification. So that is our wrong position. We are hearing Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam from the viewpoint of the devotees. Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam should should be heard from devotees. who will teach us to follow in the footsteps of the devotees beginning with Madhya Yashoda. If we hear from non-devotees, they may teach us to follow in the footsteps of the demons. Just like in South India you'll find, there are some people who say that in the story of the Ramayana, actually Ravana was the good guy. Ram was, they don't, they say Ram was very bad, you see. Ravana, he only made what he wasn't so bad just stealing Rama's voice, well. not such a big thing, but you see that Ravana, he did some, he harassed all the people of Lanka and killed them all and killed Ravana. He, he should have been more tolerant and liberal and open-minded and should have considered Ravana's point of view and been a nice guy. And Anyway, there are so many women in the world, why would he so attached to Sita? And so many arguments there did. They're rascals because they're fighting with Ravana. So we have to hear Srimad Bhagavatam from the devotees who will teach us that actually we have to love Krishna because that is our our constitutional position. We have to we have to awaken our love for Krishna. Otherwise, we see also Mahabharata some people they are very much admiring Karna. What a great guy he was! You see, he was very noble. He had so many good qualities. But he was envious of Krishna, so Krishna audience, you should be killed by Arjuna. You're so lucky, you're protesting, you don't know how lucky you are to be killed by my devotee in my presence. For so those who are not devotees, they won't understand. They'll say, Krishna is a liar, Krishna is a cheetah. Yes, Allah All right, it's true, but he's still Krishna. He's still the supreme worship of a person. His lying That is the greatest benefit to the whole world, when Krishna lies, when Krishna feels, when Krishna teaches, when he dances with other's wives. This cannot be understood by those who are of demoniac disposition. They will, they will uh, decry Krishna. They will consider him to be a bad person. That is their misfortune. So therefore we are hearing Srimad Bhagavatam having heard nine cantos, of the glories of first of all you have to hear Bhagavad gita that Krishna is supreme. He is still not only is he supreme in all power all glory, all might, all majesty, all power, everything is with him. But he's also still the dumb star of a bhutanam. This first point has to be understood. Krishna is the friend of all living beings. He's nobody's enemy. Name n Name gives those He doesn't inordinately favour anybody, and he certainly doesn't hate anybody. He's kind to everybody. So when we hear these pastimes of Krishna, we'll understand that Krishna's killing of the demon is his kindness. He's putting your shoulder into the misery of not seeing him. That's also his kindness. This cannot be understood by any psychological analysis because Krishna is beyond our psychological analysis. Krishna's, but is a demon, he's beyond the beyond any limitation, even of time or space or imagination, you cannot understand Krishna by making a psychological analysis, but maybe you see uh, he was separated from his real parents and brought up by foster parents, therefore from his childhood he must have had some kind of complex, if you want you can make some analysis, but it's not possible to understand Krishna by making any kind of materialistic analysis. Or even by making a spiritual analysis, we cannot understand Krishna, because he's ununderstandable. But he can be understood this much, uh, just like Shaitanya Mahabharata said, he wanted to make an analysis, what is the meaning of the name of Krishna? Caitanya Mahabharata said, I don't accept your analysis. Right? Only these two names I accept. Krishna is Sarmasundra and Yasodhananda. He is this supreme, beautiful person, rakesh and beautiful. And he is the darling child of nagu Soda. This much we will Then why are there so many books describing Krishna? In all his power and might and majesty? Why did Krishna explain in Bhagavad Gita? Because we should try to understand. Try to understand him. What is the understanding of Krishna that we should understand that we cannot understand Krishna? This much we shall understand. He is my Lord, he is my Master, he is my Supreme Friend. Everything he does is good. He is unlimited. This much is Fully to understand Krishna, even to understand one of Krishna's qualities, even slightly, is not possible. Because even Krishna himself cannot fully understand. So understanding that is the process of the mind and intelligence, but real understanding of Krishna comes Mother is so that she can fully understand Krishna when she thinks she is my little boy. She is understood because she understood that we have to love Krishna, not by any intellectual process. Then again, not that the intellectual process is described. The Acharyas have written so many books which are describing about Krishna, how we are to understand his passions, his activities, his treatments. So that is the proper use of the intelligence to try to understand Krishna. And the intelligence will be fully perfect when we understand. I cannot understand Krishna. But anyway, let me try to understand. Let me, let us discuss about Krishna anyway. Even though we can't understand, still we shall appreciate with whatever mercy Krishna bestows upon us that we shall appreciate Krishna by the process of hearing and chanting about Him from the devotees. So here Krishna is enacting Yet another of his wonderful pastimes, one after another, wonderful pastimes. How oh, he is uh, becoming so heavy that Mother Yasoda cannot carry him, and therefore she puts him down, and immediately the dust stone comes, and Krishna is carried away, and then again he is saved by the grace of Lord Narayana, as the inhabitants of Vrindavan will say. That he must have been very pious; he's been worshiping Lord Narayana, so he's very kind to us. And even though Krishna is subjected to so many difficulties which we not keep be having because of our past misbeings, but still...